Thanks for joining us today. We believe God is going to do great things in your life, and we want to hear about it. Send us your story at mystory@summitsa.com and let us know what He's done for you through this ministry. If you'd like to partner with us or bless us with a financial gift, go to summitsa.com and give an amount that works best for you. Now enjoy the message and have a blessed day. Men don't always say what they mean. When a man says it would take too long to explain, he means, I have no idea how it works. When a man says, take a break, honey, you're working too hard, he means, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. When a man says, that's interesting, dear, he means, are you still talking? When a man says, it's a guy thing, he means there is no rational thought pattern connected with this, and you have no chance at all of making it logical. When a man says, can I help with dinner, he means, why isn't it ready yet? And when a man says, uh-huh, sure, honey, or yes, dear, he means absolutely nothing. It's a conditioned response. <laughs> so again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Well, tonight, if you've ever visited Epcot Center in Orlando, Florida, you'll notice as you first walk in, there are some giant slabs of granite and a big sign that says, leave your legacy. And for a fee, in Disney there's always a fee, they'll take your picture, chemically transfer it to a granite slab, and over a million tourists have done it. Ever wonder why? I think it's because way down deep inside every man's heart, they want to feel that they count, that their life matters, that they've left some mark or footprint on this earth. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about leaving a legacy. Proverbs 13:22 says, a good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. Psalms 112, verse 6 says, a righteous man shall be remembered forever. So then, if it's so important, how do you leave a lasting legacy? Now, remember, we're not talking about an inheritance. That's, all to, that's material. We're talking about a spiritual legacy that's worth more than money. There are four qualities in people that are respected and people who make a difference, people that have left a legacy. Principle or characteristic number one, they speak and live with integrity. For the last 34 years, they've done a most admired man in America survey. And while presidents, politicians, movie stars, and athletes have come and gone off that list, there's one man who's been on that list every year. His name? Billy Graham. During the funeral of former President Ronald Reagan, people were asked for one word to describe him. And maybe this is a good time to ask yourself, what one word would define you if people were expressing who you were? Well, for Reagan, the word was integrity, and even his political enemies liked him. Integrity is made up of three ingredients. Number one, telling the truth. Number two, keeping your word. And number three, practicing what you say you believe. And the Bible has a lot to say about these three qualities. Proverbs 17, 7, respected people don't lie. All leadership is based on trust. 
and you're not going to do business or follow somebody you don't trust. So today, in large part, we don't trust the media, Washington, the Pentagon, politicians, Hollywood, and corporations because they've been so repeatedly guilty of not telling us the truth. Proverbs 25, 14 says, people who promise things they never do are like a cloud in the wind with no rain. So if you ever fail to keep your promise, let me jog your memory and look at some common unkept promises. I'll return it as soon as I'm done with it. I won't tell anybody what you told me. Yeah. I'm from Washington. I'm here to help you. The check's in the mail. We'll do it when things settle down. My diet begins tomorrow. Yeah, right. So if you want to become a person of lasting legacy, you got to keep your word. How many remember J.R. Ewing, the fictional oil executive that television viewers love to hate? J.R. said on one episode of the sitcom Dallas, quote, once you give up your ethics, the rest is a piece of cake. Now, ethics may be an elective in seminary or business school, but it is absolutely a required course in the real world of leading. Once you give up your ethics, life's not a piece of cake. It will be a disaster. Studies have shown that the number one cause of resentment in children towards parents is unkept promises. Keep your word to your own hurt or you're modeling a lack of integrity to your children. Now, is it easy to live a life of integrity? Absolutely not. That's why we need God's help. Psalms 101, verse 2. I will try to walk a blameless path. Oh, how I need your help, especially in my own home where I long to act as I should. So real success is having those who know you the best respect you the most. So if you want to leave a lasting legacy, speak and live with integrity. Second, serve with intensity. Be a servant to those around you. Studies on children asking them what they want to be when they grow up reveal that not one ever said a servant. They want to be celebrities, movie stars, sports heroes. It's interesting that Jesus said in Mark 10, if you want to be great, you've got to learn to be a servant to all. And by the way, that's not due to your economic income, whether you're a CEO, Warren Buffett, or you're a minimum wage employee, that's for every single one of us, no matter what our position is in life. Even Jesus said His purpose in coming to earth was not to be served, but to serve and to give. So, good question. Does the church in America at large have that reputation? Do we serve the poor, the marginalized, the outcast, the unchurched, or do we, like most churches, exist only for ourselves? If we become a great church, it won't be because of our growth, size, signs and wonders, music, or financial resources. If we really become great in the kingdom, it's because we chose to become servants of all. And that's not just to Christians. That can be to the pagan world around us, serving it. Proverbs 14, verse 22 says, You will earn the respect and trust of others if you work for good. And the truth is, most people 
have their own agenda and work for their own good, not for the good of others. That's why so few people ever live or leave this earth with a legacy. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as unto God. Now, you know, if you had that attitude, it would affect how you made a cappuccino. If you worked at Starbucks or in the cafe, do everything you do spiritually or naturally, secularly, do it with all your heart as unto God, not unto man. How many of you think if somebody really believed that, they'd really, they'd really be fired up on the job, doing a good job at whatever it was they do, whatever it would be? Yeah, that, I'm reading clear scripture, folks. This is not Shabba Shabba, yay, yay, my son, the Lord would say to you, shut up. This is saying, hey, if you're going to do something, you do it with all your heart, even if it's minimum wage. If that's all you can have for the moment, then the only way to get promoted is do it with all your heart and do it as unto the Lord, because maybe somebody won't appreciate it. Maybe your manager won't appreciate it. God is watching over you. He appreciates it, and in time, He will reward that. So, Shake off that, oh, they don't appreciate me. It's what, it's who I am, not who they are. I'm going to do it with a heart and passion as unto the Lord. Be enthusiastic and eager to help other people. Be ready to serve with intensity. And if my motive's right, I can turn even a menial task into a glory and a privilege because I'm doing it as unto God. So do it unto God and put some passion in it. You know, folks, honestly, there aren't really great people. It's just ordinary people committed to a great cause, a great purpose, or a great dream who won't quit. At the end of the day, it's about that simple. You don't have to have the highest GPA in school to leave a legacy. You don't have to have wealth to leave a legacy. But with integrity, serving with intensity, a purpose greater than yourself, you can change your world, and you can leave a legacy. Mother Teresa knew it, She wasn't born into privilege or a nice place. She wasn't the most beautiful person in a physical way. She lived in Calcutta, India, but she left a lasting legacy and may have had more power and influence than any woman that has ever lived. She wasn't rich, but she was a servant. And from the position of a servant, she could ask the mayor of New York or the governor for a building that could not be bought and get it. She didn't even have to have money. She had so much influence. And she got it from a servant's position, not from her family or her position or her income or her personal beauty. Mother Teresa said, it's not what we do so much that matters as much as how much love we put into it that makes all the difference. And the tragedy today is that a lot of people are wasting their lives on stuff that isn't going to last. There are things that will last forever, and there are things that are going to just burn up and perish. So I don't want to put the most important part of my life, my time, my energy, and my money into something that's going to rust, rot, and ruin. So instead, invest your life into things that are going to last over the long haul for eternity. Jesus said in John 6, 27, don't work for food that spoils, but work for food that lasts for eternity. Enjoy stuff, but don't live for stuff. It won't last. Fame won't last. 
You know, your pretty physique won't last. Today you're a hero. Tomorrow you're a zero. Don't pursue fame. As a, as a goal, it's unworthy. If you do attain fame, don't use it on self-indulgence or some ego trip. Use it for the glory of God for influence. The smart ones do. I'm going to use my platform, my position, and my influence for the, ultimately the glory of God. Yeah, I'll get some benefit out of it, but I haven't forgotten the purpose of it is to be a witness or to have some impact for the kingdom. That's what's important. You know, nobody remembers yesterday's famous person, do you? You forget real quick. Status won't last. Power won't last. Even a sports dynasty won't last. The Lord says, we brought nothing into the world, and we're not going to carry anything out. Even pleasure won't last. So what will last for eternity? How about two things? Number one, truth. Truth will last forever. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. So I can build my life on God's Word, not cultural trends or views or opinions, because they're always changing. What wasn't acceptable uh, 10 years ago may be acceptable now. But truth never changes. Two plus two is still going to be four 2,000 years from now. And for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes on Him should not perish but have eternal life. That'll still be true 2,000 years from now. That will never, ever change. Build, for God's sake, your life on God's Word. Isaiah 40, verse 7, the grass withers in San Antonio in June. No, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of God abides forever. So opinions come and go. Fashions and style come and go. But God's truth, His Word, endures forever and never changes. Truth is still truth 2,000 years from now. So build your life on truth if you want to leave a legacy, not a trend or an opinion or a cultural fad. The second thing that lasts forever, people. People last forever. People are made by God to last forever. One day your heart will stop, your body will die, but that will not be the end of you. You will spend eternity either in heaven or hell, and Jesus said so. You were made by God to last forever. And what you commit yourself to and who you commit yourself to while on earth will determine where you spend eternity. So the good question would be, have you accepted Christ's love and forgiveness? Because when you die, that's not the end of you. Two things will last forever. Truth, that's God's eternal word, and people. So love them, serve them, help them, encourage them, and bring them to a knowledge of the kingdom of God. Because truth, God's Word, and people are the only things that last forever. And we never know in any service there can always be one person for whom that is the last time they will hear good news. We don't know. So we want to make it a good one, realizing that everything we do is for the people who will last forever. Let me give you a pop quiz. Name the five wealthiest people in the world. Name the five winners of Miss America contest, the last five winners. Name 10 people who have won the Nobel or Pulitzer Prize. Name the most valuable player for the last five years in basketball, football, and baseball. Yeah. 
My point is that none of us remember the headliners of yesterday, and those were the best in their field. Now, here's another quiz all of you can answer. List a few teachers who aided your journey through school and made a positive impact on you. I can think of three right now. Name three friends who helped you during a tough time. That ought to be easy. Name five people who taught you something worthwhile. And four, name a few people who made you feel appreciated and special. Here's the lesson. The people that make the biggest difference in your life are not the ones with the, ones with the most credentials or most money or the most awards or the most fame. The people who leave a legacy in your life are people who served you in love, and you never forget them. In fact, you can't love God without loving people. Jesus said, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And they said, Lord, when were you ever in prison? When were you ever thirsty? And he says, inasmuch as you did it unto them, people, you did it unto me. Wow. So, loving God is loving people, the people that He loves and died for. So, if you want to leave a legacy, speak with integrity, serve with intensity, and third, give with generosity. The Bible makes it very clear that we make a living by what we get in life, but we make a legacy by what we give in life. You will never leave a legacy unless you learn to become a generous giver of your time, your money, your effort, your energy, and your talents. Listen to Paul in 2 Corinthians 9, 9. Godly people give generously. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. Why? Because they leave a legacy. When the steel magnate Andrew Carnegie died, they found a paper on his desk written in his own handwriting, and it was the mission statement of his life. He said, and I quote, I will spend the first half of my life making as much money as I can, and the second half of my life giving it away. And that's exactly what he did. In his lifetime, remember this is 1800, he gave away some $450 million. By today's money standard, that would be equivalent to $78 billion, 90% of his wealth he gave away. It's no wonder his name lives in infamy. Think about it. Had he kept his wealth, he would have died a rich industrialist, and no one would know his name today. The problem here, however, with his philosophy, though well-intended, the problem for waiting half your life is you don't know when half time comes. That's the problem. Some of you could be at half time now. You have no guarantee of tomorrow. We've been praying and going up to the hospital. Don Beck went. I went up there the other morning, and we've been on the phone praying with one of our own 16-year-old children from this church fighting for her life right now. And you think you've got another 12 years or something for your halftime. You have no idea. That's why it's so important not having a guarantee of tomorrow. Learn to be generous with what you do have now. You never regret that. Generosity is more than just money. It's an attitude. It's a way of life. It's not an occasional event. 
It comes out of your heart, and it permeates every aspect of your life. It touches our time, our money, our talent, and our possessions. It's a smile when you don't need to. You know, it's a little extra service when it's not expected or you're not paid to do it. Why should we be generous? Well, how about this? God wants us to become like Him. For God so loved, He gave. God is generous with all of us, and He daily loads us with benefits. History will never remember you for what you acquired. Who cares? It'll remember you for what you gave to others, to causes, and to the kingdom of God. Third, you can't take it with you. It's all on loan. It simply goes to someone else. And then you learn the joy of giving by learning to be generous now. So don't wait till you die. When I was in the South, I can remember some of the older people saying, do your giving while you're living, then you'll be knowing where it's going. That's exactly right. And I remember uh, a franchise owner in Savannah, Georgia. I flew an airplane for him when I had time off, and he had many franchises of restaurants, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, all around uh, South Carolina and Georgia. And I remember that when he died in a plane crash on Christmas Eve, when the will was settled, he didn't leave that bulk of the wealth to a couple of the children who had proven to be totally irresponsible and uh, a great problem. He left the control of that little empire he built to the son who was always responsible and managed everything. And he is still to this day running that business. So you got to be, I got to make those choices while I'm alive and not let whatever I do have go to waste when I could have given it to something a lot more worthy than some kid running nuts and wild out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, you don't want to fund that. So amazing things happen when you become generous. Listen to Proverbs eleven twenty-five. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself get refreshed. Wow. So a good question is, would you consider yourself to be a generous giver? Would you say you are a cheerful giver? You can rate your own self on that one. The key is this, the time to be generous with my, uh, my attitude, my, my talent, my treasure, with my attention is now. It's right now. This is the only day I've got. I wonder how many times we've said to our kids, Dad, later, son, or we can do it this weekend. I'm busy right now. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it later. And we just put it off. So speak with integrity serve with intensity, give with generosity while you have the opportunity, and number four, succeed with humility. Success and wealth can lead to arrogance, independent action, non-accountability, and presumption. We've all seen it, have we not, with celebrities, politicians, sports stars, and a few pompous TV ministers. One thing is common to all of them. The Bible says pride goes before a fall. Pride goes before a fall, and it's pride that sets us up, and it's hard to succeed without pride showing up. So never forget your roots, where you came from, and the opportunities that were given to you. Don't forget that, and never cease to be thankful. Remember what it was not to have anything. Proud people are never grateful people. 
They feel entitled. They often treat people lower than themselves with contempt. As one church in this city said to a young lady at the tire discount tire who told me her story, walking into the lobby, looking around, one of the greeter ladies said, uh, you're not our kind of people. I'll never forget that. And I remember I said to her, looked at her right now, I said, we are. <laughs> Come check us out. Uh, yeah, it was. I thought, who would say that? I mean, you, you just wonder today when we talk about in the church uh, racial reconciliation and bigotry and all, and you got it standing right in the church lobby. Does that make sense? Man, I hope that's not in your heart. If John, Jesus has done a little heart transplant, we ought to be a lot different. At some point, we ought to be getting different, for goodness sakes. Uh, I, don't, I understand, like, because she wasn't white Republican and was from Jamaica and had dreadlocks, but a college degree and a lot of skills leading young people and youth in charity programs and was articulate speaking to me, I said, wow, I wish you worked for me. I'll never forget that. So Proverbs 29, 23, arrogance will bring you down, but if you're humble, you'll be respected. Remember the lesson of the whale? Just when you get to the top and you're ready to blow, that's when they harpoon you. So watch out. If you think you're up on top blowing, somebody's going to stick you. Stay humble or you'll stumble. Now, I may have told this story about two Texans bragging about their ranches. One of them asked the other one, what's the name of your ranch? And the other rancher says, the Circle W rocking our rolling B around the world rainbow ranch. And the other rancher said, man, that's quite a name. You must have a big herd of cattle. The other rancher shook his head and said, no, not really. Very few of them survived the branding. <laughs> See, pride goes before a fall. It is true that the human species is the only one when you pat it on the back, its head swells. And the enemy of humility is image. Today, you can hire image consultants. They'll teach you how to speak, how to eat, how to dress right. But the Bible does too. Clothe yourself in humility. That's the best dress for success advice, and it comes from God Himself. And the truth is, nobody likes to be around a proud, arrogant person. No one is perfect, no one has it all together, and no one has all the answer. So don't worry so much about your image, work on your character. The image will take care of itself. Talent is a gift from God. Character, however, is a choice. Image is who people think you are. Character is who God knows you to be. So humility is not taking yourself too seriously. It's take your work seriously, but not yourself. The word humor and humility all come from the same root word. The humble person has the ability to laugh at himself. I wonder, do you? Thanks for joining us today, and may God richly bless you. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit SummitSA.com.